Hello and welcome to the Feel It to Heal It podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kelly, and I am a clinically trained therapist, emotional wellness and life coach, and healer. My mission is to help as many humans as possible feel safe to feel their feelings in order to create a life beyond their wildest dreams. Thank you for being here and let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tea Live. Happy Wednesday. Hope everyone is having a beautiful week. So today I want to do a little mini training on feeling your feelings. (laughs) This is obviously something I talk about in every live podcast episode. Anything that I talk about, I talk about feeling your feelings, but I really wanted to like break it down today because I did a reel this past week that was all about the importance of feeling your feelings and how it's such a simple idea, but it's actually a really complex process. Uh, It doesn't have to be, but it can feel that way. And so I thought it would be a good idea to really break down for you what it actually means to feel your feelings. So as always, let's take a few grounding breaths. So hands on heart, taking a nice, long, deep breath in. And release. Let's do two more. One more. And release. Luna is here to join us. Okay, so let me tell you a little bit about feeling our feelings. First of all, when I say feeling your feelings, I want you to just notice what comes up in your body. Okay, Luna is very much in my microphone, so (laughs) sorry if it's loud, but hopefully it's relaxing. Um, I want you to notice what happens in your body. So does your body contract? Does it tighten up? Does it feel joyful, connected, expansive? What does it feel like? Oh, guys, I love tea so much. It just makes my life. And then I want you to think about what are the ways that you might be subtly avoiding feeling your feelings. So I will share some of mine. In the past, it was watching TV every night, like binging TV. I would also watch the same shows over and over. I would repeat the show Friends over and over and over. I would repeat the show Parenthood and One Tree Hill and the OC and all of my usuals. And I would also distract. I would distract with work, overworking. I would distract with um, dating. I would distract with uh, going out and dancing and partying and all that stuff. So these things are so normalized in our society, right? So like you would never look at any of those things I just listed and be like, oh, that's me avoiding my feelings. Like it's so deeply hardwired. And here's why. Our nervous systems are built to keep us alive, not to keep us happy. So what is keeping us alive look like according to the nervous system? It's any time there's something foreign or unfamiliar, the nervous system is going to register that as a threat. So if you grew up in an environment, which we all did, where it wasn't fully safe to feel all of our feelings, maybe our caregiver didn't know how to attune to our feelings. Now, it's really important you understand that there's a huge difference 
Hi, honey. Between love and attunement. Our parents always love us. They show that love in the best way they know how. It's, it's pretty impossible for a parent not to love their child. Now, how they're showing that to you really varies on your particular childhood. But most parents, if not all parents, don't really know how to attune to the child 24-7. I would say it's even impossible for any parent to be able to attune 24-7 because they are human. They have their own nervous system. They have their own emotions. They have a life. They have to, you know, take care of themselves. So let's say baby is crying and, you know, mom has to use the bathroom. And so, you know, maybe mom is not available to attune to child like at every moment of every day, right? So attunement means that the parent is in tune with the child's emotions, meaning if child feels sad, parent understands that the child feels sad. If the child feels happy, the, the parent is mirroring that back in their facial expression. So it's showing it's okay and safe for a child to feel the emotion that they're feeling. Now, what happens when we don't get that attunement? So maybe parents are working a lot. Maybe we have a nanny. Maybe um, parents are having their own stressful morning. And so it's really hard for them to be able to provide that safety of, yes, I see that you're scared. I see that you're sad. I see that you are happy, right? I see all these things and I'm going to be with you in that emotion. So what happens is <clears throat> those moments that we're not attuned to in the way that we need to be. And again, every child has a different psychological makeup. So again, like a parent can only do their best to understand what the child might be needing in any given moment. So it's not going to look perfectly. It's not supposed to. So parents listening to this, it's not supposed to shame you or make you feel like you're not doing enough. It's just understanding that you're human. And so that's okay. And that means that when we are children, there are just going to be some emotions that get stored. And it's our job when we grow up as adults to process that emotion out of our body. So our nervous systems are wired in childhood. So when we have these experiences of not being attuned to, this guy's trying to get out of his grave. Stay, Bubba. Good boy. <laughs> Those puppy eyes. When we have that experience of not being attuned to, it can register in the nervous system as this emotion is not safe to feel because either the child feels like they're alone in feeling it or that it was shamed or you know, criticized or whatever it might be. So if a child grows up and they're like, mommy, I'm sad. And then it's like, well, don't be sad. There's no reason to be sad. And like, just invalidates a emotion rather than allowing them to be and feel the emotion, then they're going to grow up thinking, oh, this emotion's not safe to feel or express, or I shouldn't be feeling this way. And then like continuing to invalidate themselves. So these stored emotions are registered as a threat inside the nervous system. And then what happens is when something triggers that emotion to come up and the nervous system goes on defense mode and is like, nope, this isn't safe. So that's when it naturally will go to all the addictive behaviors, the maladaptive ways of coping, all of the negative thought patterns, because that feels safer and more familiar. Why does it feel more familiar? Because we watched our parents do it. We go outside and we see the world do it. 
We see the world numb out with food, TV, video gaming, distracting, overworking, overexercising, busying ourselves, hustle culture. I can go on and on and on and on. The point is that it's normalized. So it feels familiar. It feels like if this is what the rest of the world is doing and I don't want to feel abandoned, I'm going to join in with them. It's not actually normalized to just be with yourself and not do anything right? Or to actually sit down with yourself when you're feeling an emotion and put your hands on your body and breathe, right? That's not as normal as, oh, I've had a stressful day. Let me go get a cocktail at happy hour. You know, you guys like my Jewish Long Island accent. (laughs) So those things are not as normalized, right? Even in the spiritual world, you'll see so much bypassing of like, well, we'll just meditate the negative feelings away or you know, if I just do yoga all day, every day, I just won't feel anything. And it's like all of those somatic practices, yoga, meditation, chanting, I do those practically every day. You need both. You need the somatic practices, but you also need to be able to feel your feelings in, we are relationship-based creatures. We are relational. So we need, we can't just get triggered by our partner and then be like, okay, I need to run to yoga. Like, We have to be able to actually sit with our emotions. So let me break that down of what that actually looks like for you. So you feel an emotion come up. It always comes up in the body, always. So even if you notice first the mind, like, oh, I'm having all these anxious thoughts or I'm having all these, you know, negative fear-based thoughts or whatever kind of stream of consciousness comes up, you can use that as information of if this is going on up here, that means that it's trying to protect me from something happening in my nervous system. Everyone preaches about mindset. Mindset is not even a thing. It's only a thing because of the nervous system. There is no mindset without nervous system. That's where we always get it twisted. People talk about mindset on here all the time. Just change your thoughts. Think more positively. You can't do that until you have rewired your nervous system because your nervous system creates your thoughts. And I literally have experienced this firsthand. When my nervous system was in survival mode, my mindset was filled with anxious thoughts because it was trying to protect me from what my body was perceiving as danger or a threat. When I rewired my nervous system and I process that historical pain from childhood and I'm able to relate to the present moment just through the present moment, my thoughts are not filled with fear and anxiety. It's just filled with a representation of what's already happening in my nervous system. So if I'm feeling really present and safe and grounded and connected, my thoughts are going to represent that. I'm going to be walking around being like, wow, I feel so grateful or, oh, this is so beautiful or whatever it is. If I have that fear or that shame or that pain, sadness, whatever comes up in my body, that's going to be reflected in my thoughts. So then my thoughts are going to say, oh my God, this and this, or like, maybe I'll start comparing like, oh my God, but you know, she did the blah, 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 right. It's like a hamster wheel. So you can physically feel the difference of when your body is in survival mode and when it's not, because you will be able to tell when your mind is just like a fucking hamster wheel and just so chattery and just like noisy up there versus when it actually is like, a quiet, peaceful, calm place to be. And let me tell you from living in both worlds, it's way more enjoyable to actually be able to have a quieter mind. I lived with such a noisy mind my entire life and it was exhausting. I was truly not even able to be present because I was just stuck in my mind. 
So remember, nervous system creates mindset, not the other way around. And I know this because as a traditional therapist, I would help my clients reframe their thoughts and then it would last all of five minutes. And then that anxiety, that fear, that pain would show up again. And those thoughts would just come right back. So it's like a band-aid, right? So we have to remove the band-aid. We have to actually get into the body. And so back to how we actually do this is you notice the emotion come up. You notice where in your body it comes up. So for example, if you're feeling fear, you notice your chest tightening or you feel sadness, you notice a heaviness on your heart. You notice uh, shame. Maybe your whole body wants to like contract or hide. I had some shame come up this morning and it was this feeling of like, I don't want to be seen. I, I don't want to even talk to anyone. I don't want to be seen. I just want to hide. That's like that contraction in the body. And so noticing where these emotions show up in the body is valuable information because if you are someone that constantly gets headaches or backaches or stomach aches or you pee every five seconds, all of those things link to a dysregulated nervous system. In my group, we call it the anxious pee. <laughs> we pee so much because we're anxious, the anxious pee. Um, or like you have the anxious poo, you have to poo like before every nerve wracking thing or like before you enter a session or a business meeting, you're just like on the toilet and you're like, <laughs> and then you go to the doctor and you're like, oh, you have IBS and blah. okay, but why, why do you have IBS? Like always getting to the root. So we notice the emotion in the body and the nervous system is going to want to run away from it. You're going to want to grasp for something external outside of yourself. You're going to want to reach for external validation. You're going to want to go to your partner and ask them for a hug. You're going to want to, and don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with asking your partner for a hug. It's more so your awareness of the ways in which you are grasping for external saving. So number one, step one of feeling your feelings, notice where it shows up in your body. Step two, put your hand on that part of the body. So if the chest is tightening, put your hand on this part of the, the body, the chest. Close your eyes, take a big deep breath in. Notice if you're able to even get a full breath or maybe your breath is shorter because you are feeling that fear and it's like tightening, tightening. And then you're going to stay with that sensation for as long as you need to, maybe three to five breaths or three to five minutes. And you're just going to notice that sensation start to shift and soften. And it may not shift or soften or move through right away, but eventually it does because our bodies can't actually physically experience a heightened emotion. I always forget the number for more than... I want to say 90 seconds, but I don't, don't quote me on that. I don't know for sure if that's correct. So don't quote me, but it's something like that. Like we physically can't be in that state of like heightened emotion again, unless we're in survival mode and we're running from a bear. Yes. We're going to be like, boom, 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 boom. But if you're just sitting still and you're actually safe in your environment, which 99% of the time we are, you can't stay at that heightened emotion for so long. It eventually has to come down. But what we do is we don't allow it space to come down. We start running around and running away from it before it, we even give it time to come down. And then we make shit worse. We yell, 
we punch something, we buy something impulsively, we say something impulsively rather than just waiting it out. So what my jam in helping people is, is creating space between the trigger, the emotional trigger response, and then the response to that. So that rather than reacting from this reactive triggered place, you take time in between the, the prompting event, the trigger, and how you want to respond to it. And I promise you, if you just give yourself that space in between, oh, you will make your life so much easier. It is so easy in the height of that emotion to be like, I got to call this person. I got to curse this person out. I got to reach for this. I got to go get a beer at the bar. I got to do that. Like whatever your response is, I got to go watch this TV. I got to, <laughs> it's like our bodies will just run. And your job as becoming a leader of your nervous system is to show it that it does not need to relate in survival mode when it's not actually in survival mode. Why does it think it's in survival mode? Because you are still wired from childhood and in childhood, you were in survival mode. Why were you in survival mode as a child? Because as children, we're dependent on our caregivers and things outside of ourselves. We are not able to give that to ourselves. We are not able to cook for ourselves, clean for ourselves, drive us to work or school. We are dependent-based creatures as children. And so we actually are in survival mode of if this person does not give me what I need, keep in mind what we need as children is not just physical food, water, home, it's attunement, it's emotional needs, emotional safety of I can feel how I'm feeling and I'm still going to get my needs met. Holding, looking in your eyes, uh, showing the baby that you understand how they're feeling and that it's safe, right? So many of us did not get that attunement of just feeling safe to be with the feelings that came up because our parents can only meet us as far as they've met themselves. And if you have not met the depths of your own pain, your own emotion, your own shame, your own sadness, your own fear, you are going to be avoiding that when your child mirrors that to you. Children are a mirror for parents. And if they show emotion and the parent gets all frazzled and worried, like, oh my God, what's wrong with them? They're they're crying, da, 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 da. Versus you being a calm, safe ground and nervous system of, oh yeah, baby's crying. It's okay. It's okay that you're crying. It's okay. Mommy's here with you, right? I don't have children, but I do this with my clients every day. <laughs> they're like, oh my God, I'm feeling this. And I'm like, it's okay that you're feeling this. I'm here with you. It's okay. Mama Rachel's here with you. <laughs> so we need that reparative experience. That is how little me got reparented by my mentor. It's like, I'm here with you. It's safe. It's okay to feel this. And anytime we show that it's not okay to feel something that sends signals of danger in our body. So step one, notice the emotion in the body. Step two, put your hands on that part of the body. Step three, notice the desire to run away from it and instead breathe with it, be with it. It might feel like you're dying, but I promise you, if you can just get through that part onto the other side, you will see that you're not dying and you have to titrate the experience. You're not going to feel safe to feel all your feelings all at once. So maybe you start with you know, just a small step of like, okay, I'm going to take three deep breaths with this feeling. Or maybe even before a feeling comes up, you're going to just agree to honor your commitment to yourself of feeling your feelings that 
every day, you're going to take three to five deep breaths into your body three times a day. And even if you just commit to that, you're going to show your nervous system more and more, oh, it's safe to feel what's happening inside my body. Because I guarantee you, if you get out of your head and breathe into your body, even for three deep breaths, you will notice some shit come up if you've been running away from your feelings. There's many years of stored shit in there. And I don't say that to scare you. I say that to just share that that's how powerful three deep breaths several times throughout the day can be. It's helping to break up that stored energy. Emotion is energy. So sadness is like, whoop, fear is like, whoop, and it's in your body. And then you start to break that up with your breath. You can even rub your chest. You can even like do a self-soothing or a tapping or a butterfly, butterfly on the chest to mimic a mom's heartbeat. So it's all these ways that we soothe ourselves, but we have to touch our bodies. Like we have to touch these parts to help them feel supported in releasing those emotions. And then the last step is you literally just stay with the emotion. Even when you want to run away from it, you stay with it. You allow it to move through you. And then you stay with it until you notice a softening or until you notice it move through to a different part of the body. Like it will physically move from like chest to stomach all the way out. Like that's literally how it works. And so titrating the experience, meeting yourself where you're at, not shaming yourself if the emotion doesn't soften right away. Maybe it's going to bring up some heavy emotion and you just have to accept, oh, this is going to feel heavy for a little bit. And that's okay. It's all okay. Everything that needs to come up will without forcing it, without, without, you know, like this lack of acceptance around it, where it's like, we just need to get it out now. Cause then what does that send to your body signals that it's not safe for the emotion to be there. So the more that you can lean into acceptance, acceptance around whatever shows up in each present moment, the safer your body will feel to be with it. Not to run away from it, not to numb it, but to feel it. You got to feel it to heal it. That's why I named the podcast, Feel It to Heal It. So these steps are really simple, but the reason why it's complex is because your nervous system has been wired to avoid feeling your feelings. And there's a huge difference. Like I used to say all the time, well, I cry every day. I'm feeling my feelings. And my mentor would call me out and be like, well, actually you're dysregulated. So a dysregulated crying is fear. That's not actually feel like, yes, I could be feeling my fear, but it's more of this dysregulated state of like, someone save me. I don't want to feel this anymore versus like a deep fear and like feeling your pain. It's this calm. It's not this dysregulated, like, ah, it's this calm, like, oh my God, I'm just feeling this in my body and it feels fucking painful. And that's the difference energy wise. It's always like one is calm and one is frenetic. So I used to think I'm feeling my feelings all day, but really it was, I didn't feel safe to feel my feelings. And I felt so much fear that yes, part of my dysregulated crying was feeling fear, but it was almost like I was stuck in the fear rather than allowing the fear to move through me. Let me know if that lands. So that is how we feel our feelings. We notice when we're running away from them. We notice how we're numbing or distracting because these things are very sneaky. And we show our bodies day by day, breath by breath, that we are safe to be with whatever emotion comes up. Because if you do not allow yourself to feel the pain, 
You will not allow yourself to feel the joy, the abundance, the freedom, the peace on the other side of that. You might feel it temporarily. You might feel it to a certain extent, but the depth that you're able to feel pain is the same depth that you'll be able to feel joy. We can't be, emotions are not subjective. We can't just choose, oh, I want to feel this one, but not this one. That's not how it works. So the longer you numb out from your pain, the more you're numbing out from being able to experience the greatest bliss, gratitude, freedom, abundance that you will ever feel in your life. Trust me, I've done it both ways. This way is way better. So do we have any questions on feeling your feelings? Any thoughts, any comments before we start to wrap up? It's 11-11, make a wish. And if you are wanting to build internal safety and process those childhood wounds, attachment wounding, process that pain and build internal safety where you feel safe, your nervous system feels safe to feel your feelings without reaching for those external things and releasing the addictive behaviors, there are three ways to do this work. Women, my group Come Home to Yourself is a four month, so like 16 session women's group specifically for healing anxious attachment. So you have anxious attachment if you are constantly adapting yourself to other people grasping, controlling, manipulating without even trying, <laughs> um, where it feels like that deep fear of abandonment where you just have to attach onto the other person. Um, so this is a 12 module course. And then we do a weekly two hour zoom session where I process with each of you. And then you also have, um, a daily Slack Monday through Friday, where you can also support each other. It's the most powerful group that I I've ever birthed and created. It's just, it's pure magic. Like the transformations that can happen in such a short amount of time, bringing you from that anxious attachment to secure. It's just, it's fucking wild. I'm telling you, it's pure magic. Like I have trouble selling this sometimes because there's just no words for it. It's like, you have to, you have to experience it. You will literally leave a different version of yourself if you allow it if you allow it, right? Like you have to be willing to lean in, feel the pain, do the hard work. I never sugarcoat this work. It's fucking painful. It's supposed to be. It is so worth it. So worth it. And then my co-leader, Anna and I are enrolling currently for our men's group. This is a three month men's group called Real Men Heal. Similar style to come home to yourself, but it's for men. So it's a small intimate group, no more than like five to seven people. Usually we keep it even smaller, like three to four. And you get that one-on-one -on -one processing time, you get one-on-ones with us, and you also get the group support. This is for full nervous system rewiring, for learning about how your nervous system works, how your inner child is running the show of your life unconsciously, how we can reparent them, meet their needs, actually identify what your needs and desires are, and be able to get those needs met from a place of power and groundedness rather than inner child graspy babiness. And... Yeah, it's just, again, like I get so lit up talking about these groups because this is the work that has literally changed my life. I am in a group myself. It has changed my life. Being able to be empathically witnessed and release so much of that shame of thinking, oh, it's just me or I'm just the weirdo. And it's like, we're all just human. We all have nervous systems. We all need healing. We all want to be able to expand and create a life beyond our wildest dreams. So that's why I've created these two groups. And then the third way is my membership. So 
If you are not ready to invest the full amount because group and one-on-one -on -one are my highest level of coaching. So if you are just wanting an introduction or a taste to this work um, for literally $3.70 a day, you can join my membership Beyond Your Wildest Dreams. It comes with one monthly masterclass, a Q&A, a Facebook group for support. You can ask questions and it's a way to get your questions answered in a more personalized way as opposed to, you know, on a live or, um, you know, any of my free content or on this podcast. So it's a beautiful way that you can really get some personalized coaching without investing the full amount in the groups, depending on where you're at and how much support you're looking for. So the first masterclass was, is already in the portal. When you sign up, it's nervous system rewired, and it's teaching you all about your nervous system, attachment wounding, and how to begin rewiring it. And then the second masterclass will be uh, this upcoming month. So stay tuned for that. And those are the three ways. So DM me for any questions. If you want to chat through any of the options, happy to chat always. And if you are hearing this and you know exactly what you want to apply for, um, be sure to head to the link in bio to submit an application there are limited spots for both of these groups. The membership is more open to anyone, but the groups I keep very small and intimate so that each person gets their time to process and be attuned to. Because again, if I'm a mama bear with like 20 children, I can't properly attune to them. So we keep it really small so that I'm able to attune and give that reparative experience for each person. And then you're also connecting with other like-minded souls who are interested in healing. So if you're like, you know, my friends are just not into this shit. Like I need people who want to grow. This is your place. So DM me with any questions. I love you all so, so much. And thank you for joining for those who are live. Um, and I hope you have a beautiful day. I encourage each of you to take time today to just breathe, deepen your relationship with your feelings. Know that they are all safe to feel. Doesn't mean anything about you. It just means you're human and we got to feel it to heal it. Love you all. See you on the next episode.